0: My name is Parker Bennett, and I've spent the last 20 years helping people through the process of their largest single investment they may ever make, their home. From building inspector to real estate agent, I've chalked up a number of great experiences and strategies for everything related to the home buying experience. This podcast is dedicated to anything and everything around the Kamloops real estate market. Welcome to the Kamloops Real Estate Insider Podcast. I wanted to jump right into the podcast this morning with an article that I recently read out of the REM magazine, real estate magazine, sort of a professional literature magazine for real estate agents. There's a recent report that came out of the Royal Bank of Canada, uh, December 2023. Um, that indicated that we're at the worst ever affordability levels in most markets for middle-class family homes. The report later goes to state that uh, 63% of the total household income that we make as Canadians is bound to covering the cost of owning a home in Canada. Now, that's over double of what the Canadian Mortgage and Housing Corporation recommends. And I don't know if you've recently applied for a mortgage, but when you apply for a mortgage, there's this... um, this key little term they call GDS, which is the gross debt service ratio. Now your total household income cannot exceed the magic number of 39%, meaning that 39% of your gross earnings is the most that you can use to calculate whatever it's going to cost you to fund your mortgage, your property taxes, and your utilities. So if we're sitting at 63%, we're way over that number. If we go back to June 2021, where the stress test was announced, that if you were applying for a mortgage, you would have to qualify at this higher level of finance ability. And I believe the number is 5.25%. Or... You Whatever your contract rate was, let's say you were getting a mortgage for 2%, then you would have to qualify for 2% above that contract rate. And actually, it would be the greater of those two numbers, so either 5.25% or 2% above your contract rate. So in the situation that we're in right now, uh, with 5% interest rates kind of across the board or in and around that area, uh, qualifying would be 2% higher than that contract rate. Now, that stress test was designed because we were looming in the middle of the COVID crisis with really record low interest rates. And the government wanted to ensure that you weren't spending all your money at a 1% interest rate or a 2% interest rate only later to have a a renewal come five, 10 years down the road where you were going to be paying much normal interest rates like we're seeing today at five and 6% interest. So job well done there. But, um, it didn't seem to stop the inflammatory conditions because I don't think it was really the root of those conditions. Now in this article, it goes on to say that the public frustration and anger of the high housing costs um, is among the highest rated millennial concerns moving towards the 2025 federal election. So Whoever the candidates are, they're going to have to make a, a strong case about how they're going to solve the the housing affordability crisis. Um, and in political lingos, they're going to have to be at least seen as trying to make that uh, make that leap. There is currently a, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but there's a, a non-profit, non-partisan group. Which goes by the name of Generation Squeeze, um, and actually, they've recently—I caught one of their podcasts because I was just trying to get some background on on who these guys are. But this group has been lobbying the government for inequality issues that it's based on generational—that uh, that people growing up in a different generation. So they've currently lobbied the government to create a tax on homeowners that have a property that's worth over a million bucks. Um, I, I hope this doesn't go through because as we're sitting here right now, uh, you know, average single family detached home in, in little old Kamloops sitting in probably at that $750,000 range. So it's not very far before the average home is sitting at a million bucks. And that would just be another tax that we already pay. I, I recently just posted this on, on a podcast. Um, sorry, on my Instagram. Feed, I did a calculation where I looked at how much money was generated in Camloops from property transfer tax alone, and it came up to be twenty four million five hundred thousand dollars. Was the estimated amount of money created by that tax for property purchases just within the Camloops real estate market in the year twenty twenty three? Just an astounding number. Now I wanted to leave um, that article a little bit because I wanted to discuss a little bit about where my thoughts are heading towards the, uh, affordability crisis. So back in 2022, when we had a immigration freeze in Canada, the government indicated that when the immigration freeze was going to be lifted, that we were going to ramp up immigration in Canada. And we were going to allow something like 150,000 people per year into the country for immigration. However, um, that number did not happen the number is much higher. Uh, Currently, we're slated for 1.5 million new immigrants between 2024 and 2026. That is a a lot more. That's 350,000 more per year than we were originally expecting. So about a half a million people immigrating to the country every year. Now, currently, we're at a state where we've averaged about 350,000 new dwellings per year. And we're slated for that number just under 350,000 in Canada for 2024. Um, and that doesn't reach the 500,000 mark. So I don't. as we move forward, we're actually creating a bigger issue for housing because there's going to be continued demand, at least for the foreseeable future on housing. Now CMHC has uh, documented this, that they expect 22 million houses need to be in the uh, country of Canada by 2030. And currently we're sitting at 14.6 million dwellings, which is a shortcoming of about 1.2, 1.3 million houses per year. And we're building 350,000. Now, and even on top of that, if you, if you talk to... Uh, the city of Kamloops, you'll see that the new build that are slated so far for the forthcoming, you know, the next four or five months is considerably down based on the cost of housing components, um, which is another factor in creating, uh, you know, another speed bump towards creating housing. In 2027, we have the Uh, third phase of the step code coming in which is going to create a huge uprising in cost to build construct new homes Um, the cost of construction components is still is never really come back from that pre-covid numbers Uh, i know that there's a lot of manufacturing companies that are trying to manufacture local items uh, in canada the united states which would help to alleviate some of those extreme costs but you know it's still something that we're battling with and um you know, on top of all of that, we, we have like a situation where, you know, we have the carbon tax, we have property transfer tax, which I explained to you a little bit earlier. We have, you know, the, one of the highest rates of taxation in Canada right here in the province of BC. Uh, you know, it's very difficult to actually get our money out of, out of our employer without having, um, you know, all these taxes brought onto us. It was pretty funny. I seen this little meme on, uh, on YouTube and it was essentially a guy who was about getting ready to start building a house and he was waiting. He says, I'm waiting for the, for the government to show up since they're taking 30% of the cut, I'm expecting them to help 30% of the time. Uh, on another note, the province has, has made efforts to try and, um, help with this affordability issue. Um, there was a two year freeze on foreign buying in Canada that was a, sorry a federal issue. Um, we have the BC uh, homes for People bill which was passed um, about a year ago. We have limited short-term rentals to primary residents only in the province. that happens in the I think we have a couple months left before that takes an effect. So you can't own a secondary, a third home uh, somewhere that you're just using for straight Airbnb, unless it's in a particular subdivision or sorry, a particular community that's considered to be a a vacation destination. There is uh, vacancy taxes on properties that don't have homeowners living in them or or being currently rented. Um, There is zoning changes slated for the end of June of this year, where we're going to see that. Zoning across a lot of the communities in Kamloops, or sorry, in BC, are going to change so that uh, you can put more dwellings and densify those properties to allow for more housing for a broader sense of uh, individuals. And I think that one there is going to be is going to be a very effective tool in mitigating that issue, especially here in BC. Um, So I'm excited to see how that plays out. Now, with any sort of issue around the real estate related community, it seems like realtors get the blunt of regulation changes. And since I've been a real estate agent for the last uh, 10 years, I've seen tremendous amounts of change uh, from paperwork to limited dual agency do what I can do, what I can't do, how much paperwork needs to be signed before I look somebody in the eyes and and give them an evaluation of their property, or at least just speak to them in the nature of real estate related information. So I foresee more of that industry regulatory changes uh, happening in the future. Uh, There's been discussions about changing the way real estate agents enter the industry by creating a bigger speed bump. Um, I believe the state of California has also uh, looked into adopting this as a as a pre qualifying prerequisite to becoming a real estate agent. You need a degree, um, and there's a several sort of industry degrees that you can achieve before applying for a real estate license, just to try and raise the bar on knowledge and and just creating another speed bump for entering the industry. I do take a bit of offense, though that there's a narrative that continually gets played that whenever we see the prices of housing going up and we see multiple offers and we see these extreme scenarios where our industry just moves at such a rapid pace that realtors are to blame that real estate agents are the reason that the prices go up because we're always trying to sell for higher and more money and we manipulate the market to get multiple offers it's such bullshit. Um, This narrative continually gets played out. I I see it over and over and over again where um, outsiders would see real estate agents as part of the problem for this affordability housing issue that we have in Canada. And it's just nonsense. It's very clear there's a supply and demand issue and we have way more demand than we have supply. And we continually build hurdles and speed bumps uh, to address the supply issue while we open the gates and allow the demand to continue to push harder and harder on this crucial uh, commodity that we call a home. Before we dive into that, I want to take a moment to express my true gratitude to the incredible community of listeners. I want you to know that your support fuels the engine behind this podcast, and I would really love to hear from you. If you find this content helpful or entertaining, hopefully a little bit of both, Um, or if there's a specific topic that you'd like us to cover, please leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your reviews like this give me the biggest high five ever. And they also help other homeowners and savvy investors or anyone looking to navigate through the uh, Kamloops real estate market. So stop what you're doing right now, head over to your favorite platform and uh, share your thoughts, leave a review, much, much appreciated. Big high five to me. Yeah, I wanted to... Chat a little bit about the the Sunderland case, where there's allegations and conspiracies uh, being claimed on the real estate industry. If you're not familiar with this case, uh, Mark Sunderland filed the proposed class action lawsuit, alleging that um, real estate brokerages, brokerages, and the Canadian Real Estate Association um, are essentially involved in price fixing with regards to how the buyer's agent gets paid during a real estate transaction. This lawsuit uh, gained some traction back in September of 2023, where a federal court judge um, allowed the class action lawsuit, alleging that home sellers in the Toronto area have been forced to pay inflated commissions for years. Uh, The lawsuit alleges that the defendants are engaged in anti-competitive practices including price fixing and seeks damages on behalf of all the individuals who've, who've sold property in the Toronto MLS system since March of 2010. Now I want to kind of give my own thoughts to how this came to be. Essentially, this Sunderland fella has indicated that when you list your property, you're being forced to pay The buyer's agent, the agent that brings a buyer successfully to your property, the seller is being forced to pay that brokerage a commission. Now, currently, the bylaws of the Canadian Real Estate Association are stated like this. And this is rule 11.2.1.3. Gotta love rules. The listing realtor member agrees to pay the cooperating brokerage. That'd be the buyer's brokerage a compensation for the cooperative selling of the property. An offer of compensation of zero is not acceptable. So essentially they're saying that it has to be something, but it can't be nothing. So $1 would be acceptable according to the bylaws, but $0 is unacceptable. So currently in the practice of selling, uh, a lot of real estate agents will cooperate in such a way that they split their commissions with a potential buyer. I want you to think about this for a second. If you're selling your property, the buyer's agent that you're bringing to your property, you want them to be compensated enough to have the incentive to help them sell your home. And in in some circumstances, when a seller gets very motivated to sell, they'll actually entice uh, the buyer's agent by raising the commission as a bonus Uh, if they could sell their property by a certain given time. For instance, if you've been on the market for 60 days and you get really motivated to sell your property, sometimes sellers will increase that commission for a buyer's brokerage if they can get a transaction completed before 15, 20, 30 days out. Now, this Mark Sunderland fella, he paid a commission to the buyer's brokerage and felt that he didn't have to, felt that he was persuaded into it it's actually stated in the lawsuit that he feels that there's a conspiracy going on. It's going to be very difficult to actually prove that, um, to be credible in this lawsuit, at least from my perspective, from following along. However, in my opinion, I feel that this Mark Sunderland fella had negotiated with his agent on a fair uh, commission structure for a buyer's agent, and then later remorsed on the amount of money that he paid that buyer's brokerage and and now is trying to reclaim that situation in this class action lawsuit please remember that in the process of selling your home we're not selling bicycles and we're not selling hockey cards it's not as simple as transaction as yeah i want it yeah i can afford it here's the money off i go otherwise we wouldn't need real estate agents in the process the process is very complex, has a lot of moving pieces, and even participants of the real estate transaction don't even get to see all the moving pieces that take place in a, in a particular transaction. You know, just finding a buyer for your property. You know, if you're listing your property and you know a buyer who can potentially buy your home there's probably still a lot of moving pieces in order to make that transaction happen. And if you don't have the motivation, the experience, the expertise, and the professionalism to understand the negotiating strategy of how to put that transaction together, it may never take place. So please be aware that, you know, in a real estate transaction, the reason there's compensation available is because this is a big ticket item and there are several several speed bumps in order to purchasing a property that need to be delicately handled through the process of a real estate transaction. That's why there's a commission because it's a full-time job. It's interesting that nowhere did the claimant indicate that there was price fixing on the total commission structure plausible on the transaction just that he didn't feel that he should have to pay the buyer's brokerage anything. So how I see this playing out if they prove that this is price fixing going on is that you won't be forced to pay the buyer's brokerage any compensation, but I suspect that the listing agent would recommend this as a really good tactic in achieving the proper outcome of selling your home. This is my two bits. We'll see how this case plays out, but that's how I see it. And uh, I don't think a whole lot will change if this uh, is proven to be a successful class action lawsuit, but only time will tell. Call Parker Bennett now for your complimentary home evaluation.